Welcome to the official podcast of the Fantasy Football League, Glittergate. Embrace the sparkle. For your listening pleasure, here's your host, Murphy Rule. Welcome in, Glittergators and loyal listeners. We are back with week two of our pre-draft coverage. As always, I'm your host, Murphy Rule, and today I'm joined by my two co-hosts, our fearless commissioner and admin of our group chat, Justin Birch. And also joining us is a man with extremely long hair and steel-toed boots. To his patients, he's known as Dr. Charles Hamilton Perry, but we all know him as Sunshine. 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 Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for joining me today, fellas. Uh, Today we've got an episode packed full with some rookie wide receiver analysis. As we all know, this year we had no shortage of wide receivers in this year's NFL draft. And based on the trend we've seen the last couple years, both with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, it's totally possible and probably likely that some of these rookies make a huge impact on the fantasy season. We went ahead and chatted our uh, and ch- and chatted our out our consensus top four rookie wide receivers for this season, so we can go ahead and get started. Um, number one, we all pretty much had the same consensus ranking on this one. Drake London, wide receiver for the Falcons. What do you guys think about him so far this year? Well, Drake London coming out of the combine, he was six foot four, two hundred nineteen pounds, and ran a four five forty. Um, he's coming into an offense in Atlanta where we vacated two hundred forty five targets this off season. Basically, roughly 45% of our targets, air yards, and our routes run are gone with the loss of Russell Gage and other key pieces of the offense. He had a huge year last year. In only eight games, he had 88 catches for 1,084 yards. Um, granted, he only got to play eight games because he fractured his foot. So he is coming off of an injury technically, but that seems to be a non-factor out of training camp as bright now. Fractured foot, I don't think you're really going to see too much of an impact on that. He's, he's had the whole season, off-season arrest, and heal from that. And he's by far, I think, far and away the, the most ready NFL prospect that we've seen. Big-bodied, I think it's going to serve the Falcons well in the end zone if we can ever get into the red zone. Uh, but I, I think he's the most NFL-ready prospect. Yeah, I think, I mean, his The reason why I put Drake London number one is it was between him and my second guy, but the reason I put him number one is that the only competition he has with targets is Kyle Pitts. It's going to be Kyle Pitts and then Drake London. Uh, I do have a few question marks around them. Namely, he's on the Atlanta offense, which we're all Atlanta fans, but let's be honest, we're not really really thinking this is going to be our year, and I don't have pretty much any confidence in Marcus Marriott. Uh, he didn't really do anything when he was in Tennessee except that awesome. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that awesome like pass, that touchdown pass he made to himself that one time. And then he just kind of like drifted onto the Raiders until we signed him in Atlanta. So the only I, I see the easy path for Drake London, maybe not to get to like like honestly, everybody in this class, I don't see them making that big step like Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup. I don't think any of them are going to do that this year, but I think Drake London is the clear wide receiver one out of this whole class. I think it's, that's very obvious. I mean, during college, he expressed great body control, big playability. He got a basketball background, so he's great at high pointing the ball. I mean, there's a lot of positives for that Atlanta offense, and like you said, we don't expect to be good. That just means lots of garbage time production for receivers, typically. 
I echo what Birch said. I mean, even even the bad teams still gonna they're still gonna put up a bunch of yards. He might not get the the red zone volume that that you need to really be an elite receiver, but I, I still think he's gonna put up volume. He's gonna get the receptions. Like you said, there's nobody else to throw to, specifically in the wide receiver room. Uh, Pitts may have that breakout season. He might just make that leap to a top tight end. That's what we're all kind of hoping as Falcons fans. But you still need somebody else to throw it to, and he's gonna be outside every every single play. So yeah. Anything else on him? Uh, I mean, I hope I just I hope he's fucking good this year, man. <laughs> I, I hope he's good. Long, really longevity. He's good. I'd, I'd love. I, it, but I really hope that he improves the Falcons' offense. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I was really disappointed when we took him. Um, I thought there were better players to be had. I really wanted us to go defense or or O line. Ultimately, I think we had a pretty good draft as the Falcons, but we'll see. Yeah, I agree. There's, there were so many receivers. I didn't think we had to take one early. Hopefully, Drake is, is the right one for us, but we'll see how it turns out. Um, second up, we've got Traylon Burke, uh, wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. What do you guys think about him? Traylon Burks came in at six foot two, two twenty five, and ran a four five forty at the combine. Um, Numbers. Uh, yeah. Numbers, yeah. The, the Titans vacated 351 total targets out of their offense this offseason with the loss of them. I mean, with the loss of Brown. And, oh, man, I don't even remember who else they lost. They completely revamped their wide receiver core. Um, another thing that was notable from his combine was he had the largest hands in the draft. Um, basically, his hands poked through Nike's largest gloves, which are like a 2XL. So he's got these massive mittens, and he should be able to catch the ball very well. Now, we all know in our league the importance of large hands and tiny hands. So those, those mega mittens, as, as you so eloquently referred them to, may be very handy. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not as high on Traylon Burks as you guys. You both had him as your number two. He was my four. Um just for a couple of reasons. Like I said last week, I just don't think the Titans are going to have that great of a year. Um, this offense is still Derrick Henry. That's what it runs through. Um, and I think we've all been kind of sleeping on Robert Woods. Yes, he's older, um, but he still showed that he had something last year in Los Angeles. Once Cooper, like once he made enough noise, Matthew Stafford gave him a couple of sweet pat and he was able to produce actually not only that but Traylon Burks has not had any time to develop anything with Ryan Tannehill now minicamp's about to start up so that could change but at this point in time with missing the OTAs and his problem with his health I'm just I'm not as high on him and I also think that uh we're not thinking about the tight end room we're Austin Hooper has now moved over to the Titans, and him and apparently Tannehill are getting along really well and have a good rapport. So um, I like Traylon Burke in the sense of like more potentially long-term, but I could also see him being a bust. That's, just, that's my... The reason why I was so big on him and I had him as my number two was obviously the opportunity is there. Um, Brown leaving, so many vacated, vacated targets. And I don't think it's just going to be one person that fills in that role. I think it's going to be multiple people. Uh, you guys mentioned Bobby Trees um, and the tight end that they had, um, Austin Hooper coming in. I think both of them are going to see a lot of targets, but I think that's really going to benefit the rookie because he's not just where Drake London is the only guy. He's he's going to have other people shading him. Um, and, and the defense, all the defenses they play, they're still going to be stacking the box against Henry as long as he's healthy and he and he can stay healthy the whole season. 
he's still going to be the focal point of that offense. So there's he's going to be open. He's, he's going to be on one-on-one coverage, um, and he's not going to be getting the best uh, corner just because they're probably going to be on Bobby Trees. So all those reasons, and, and he's a big body. Um, he, he, fits, he fits the offense very similar to what A.J. Brown did. So all those reasons are why I think he's going to have a good season. The words out of training camp to start off haven't been great for him. I know you, I think you mentioned this in the last episode, something about his allergies. I don't know if that's the medical uh, issue that you were talking about, but we heard the same shit about Jamar Chase and everybody was hesitant on him last year and he fucking exploded. Not saying this dude is going to come out and, and explode like he did, but I'm not buying all, all the all the talking shit about it because that offense is hard. Rabel's a very difficult head coach and it could be very difficult for a rookie to get in, but he could still explode. Honestly, the wide receiver in that offense that has had the most time with Tannehill is going to be Westbrook Kena because Robert Woods, although he is coming into that offense, he's not going to have any more time with Tannehill than um, Burks is due to the fact that he's coming off of that ACL tear. He's on track to be there for week one, but he he's not going to be able to participate in training camp quite no, to the extent. He's been running routes out there. From what I've heard, anyway. I mean, he's he. What, I, what I've read. I, I think all I of. I don't have but. I think there's going to be. Right. I think there's going to be chemistry issues all, all across the board. But at the end of the oh, day, yeah. I, I think Tannehill's a very serviceable quarterback. I think he's going to get the job done, and I think having Henry as the focal point really opens that passing game to a lot more opportunities than you'll see on other teams. And honestly, and, my biggest reason for putting Burke second is the way that he was used in college shows that he can run a role similar to what Patterson and Debo ran last year, and he can also handle carries out of the backfield. Yeah. If they use him in that role, he stands to be able to put up super fantasy points. Not every week, but he could have those breakout weeks if he's used in that role. And don't forget about his mega mittens. Your hands. Yeah, I know. I see them. They're very big. Gotta love the mega He does have massive hands. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. Again, training camp starts, I think, in a week. Um, so, I mean, he has to. We'll know more. Huh? We'll know we'll more. Know yeah, more. exactly. We'll know more before our rookie draft and before our, our redraft. So, I've, I'm totally willing to eat it. I just, at this point in time, with the information I'm giving, I'm just a, a little bit lower. Guys. That's fair. Everybody's got their own opinion. Um, so I think that covers our analysis on Traylon Burke. Uh, moving forward, uh, we've got Chris Olave. Birch, give us Chris the numbers Olave. on him. Oh, yeah. Chris Olave. Do you have numbers for this, Birch? Oh, yeah, I've got some. How, how tall is he? He came in at six foot tall, 187 his... pounds. He did run a faster 40. He came in at 439 on the 40. Um, his draft capital was super high, and the Saints traded up to get him, which stands to mean they're going to use him. Hand size? The weird thing, huh? Hand size. Uh, I don't have hand size on him. He didn't Ooh. He didn't tip the scale on that one. What kind of numbers uh, guy are you? you you got to know where the numbers are on this one, man. Hand size is very well, important. I do know he never topped 1,000 yards in college. I mean, that. But, I mean, who is but it, but it was him and uh, what was it? Garrett, him and Garrett Wilson were competing. And that's not even so. that's not even him. They've got I'm blanking on the prospect. Yeah. Mitch is probably creaming his pants right now whenever he listens to this. Oh oh oh! You know what I'm talking about? Oh <laughs> yeah. But they've got another. Well, because yeah. the, the best wide receiver out of the bunch is still there. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Like so, they uh, both yeah, both, both of yeah. these guys were second fiddle, but we'll we'll see. I'm not huge on him this year. I, I just think there's a lot of mouths to feed, um, and it's very uncertain. So I, I could totally be wrong on this. 
but with Michael Thomas being there and Jarvis Landry, and then you've still got Troutman, you've still got Kamara. We don't know what the fuck's going on with Kamara. It, it's very conceivable. I would say a lot of it yeah. depends on what happens with Kamara as to whether he'll have early production or not. It's if he very... can establish early production, then he could have a good year, but if he doesn't establish early, the, the mouths to feed are just going to grow. It's totally conceivable that he ends up being the fourth option on this and just gets faded out, and I don't think that's likely just because they put so much investing into him and they tra- like you said they traded so much capital to get him i'd be really surprised about it but at the same time the saints front office and, and coaching staff everything's been overhauled so i he could be the number one target but they also could not know what the fuck they're doing yeah i uh i really like chris olave actually he was my number two um the reason that you knock it with the uncertainty i think that's his greatest strength this season i mean you say michael thomas Michael Thomas hasn't caught a touchdown since 2019. He hasn't caught a pass since 2019. Yeah, we have no idea what Michael Thomas is going to be. Jarvis Landry, he's over the hill. He's washed up. Kamara, he's not going to play for the first six weeks. I don't, I don't know and if Landry's over the hill. Sorry, I don't. I don't I just jumping I mean, in. Not, I mean, he's he's want, he's had a he's had a rough quarterback the last couple of years, so Landry might not necessarily be over the hill. Off, he, I mean, he had Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield can supply when needed to. I'm. I don't think putting my money on Jarvis Landry in this offense is a good bet over Chris Olave. And Troutman, when I see it, I see it, but I still haven't seen it from Troutman. So in my opinion, Chris Olave has the ultimate way to just break out immediately right out of the gate. Not to mention who's throwing to him, which I love Jameis Winston. I think he is an amazing fantasy quarterback, a terrible NFL quarterback. But we're not worried about the NFL. We're worried about fantasy. James Winston has even shown that he can supply two wide receivers. And Chris Olave is fast and he can get down the field. The one criticism, which is totally fair, is that he has a very shitty yards after catch. Um, basically, once they stop him, they stop him. But he's so fucking quick, he can get away from it. And James Winston will just fucking chuck the ball. My question is, can he win the 50-50 ball? Because, yes, I agree. Jameis Winston supported two wide receivers before, but those wide receivers were Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Both of those mofos are over six foot three. But he wasn't so, – but they weren't – he wasn't Chris Godwin when Jameis Winston was throwing to him. He was just Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. So He was still uh, six foot three and able to high point the ball. At yeah. six foot tall, Olave is undersized at the wide receiver position and going to be facing corners his same height. Well, but still, he was able to get to the 96th percentile with touchdowns, throws, and 20-plus air yards. The dude can fucking get the ball, and he can get to the end zone. So that's why I like Chris Olave, where he is. And again, we're talking about redraft. He's going in the same tier as, like, Michael Gallup. Why would you want him? Chris Tony, that might be Devontae Parker. I would much rather take it shot on the rookie with that kind of upside than those guys at at his current adp I at his current adp yes but i mean after this podcast he's because of our opinions yeah i mean we <laughs> our loyal listener base he's probably going to move up at least like i don't know a pick i would say all of these guys have very favorable adps currently yeah, I, I think that all comes down to there's so many of them and there's so many rookies and there's mm-hmm. not really any certainty behind any single one um, nope. And every, every one that we've just, even the ones that we've already discussed, they have their fair share of question marks too. And for me, for me with Olave, I mean, the main reason he has to fall in this spot is what the Saints gave up to go get him. And you have to think they're going to use him 
with all of the draft capital and capital they dropped to go draft Chris Olave. That's my thing. If it, if they didn't spend so much money to get him, he probably wouldn't be on my top five list. But because of what they traded, I, I just unless they're just complete fucking idiots, which again, possible. Um, As Falcon fans, we can only hope. I can hope. I mean, they they, they revamped the entire front office. Their scouting is gone. Coach is gone. So maybe. Uh, Peyton's gone. Yeah, I mean, exactly. and that's another reason that, you know, I'm not too, like, just to get a little off topic with Michael Thomas, I'm not Michael Thomas going to be, because, again, different head coach, different guy throwing in the ball. I just, I don't think Michael Thomas is going to be what we all. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't think he's going back to 2018 Michael Thomas. Like, I don't think he's going to get that production. But it's in the cards. And, I mean, and, and to discount that and say it's not possible, I, I, I think you're selling him short. It's, it's, it's in, like I said, it's, it's, in the, it's in the cards of outcomes. It's, it's not impossible. I'm saying it's, it's not outlandish. I, I think we'd all be surprised if he got there. But none of us would be shocked just because he's done it before. And any any anytime um, you've done it before at an NFL level, I, I think you're good. And like you said, Jameis is Jameis. So if Mike if, if my if Mike T is finally healthy, he could go out and just high point balls and be the wide receiver one. Somebody will get to it. My money's on Chris Olave. But I about to say I worry about Kamara in that offense with Winston at quarterback because Winston's go to instead of checking down and dumping to the running back, airing it out, man. Well, he did so, better. We'll he, he did better last year, specifically early on. I mean, he aired it out a lot. I feel like, but his they started off like what six and zero before he got before he got injured. They ran him in. They ran him in pretty well. Yeah, um, but yeah, again, new, extend the play a little bit. But if you have to throw it, don't fucking just chuck it up there. I mean, unless unless that's what you need to do. 50 50, 50, 50, 50 or what was he? Was he fifty fifty or thirty? He was thirty thirty. The thirty thirty club is very rare. He's the only member of it. Right, he got me my he got me my Let's not talk about that. All right, on to the next wide receiver. We've got Garrett Wilson. Birch, go ahead and give us the numbers breakdown for Garrett Wilson. He comes in at six foot tall, one hundred eighty three pounds, and ran a four three eight forty. Um, he's very similar to Olave, but his quarterback situation is a little more shaky with Zach Wilson coming into his second year and just a multitude of options there for him to throw to. Um, you still got Corey Davis. You've got Elijah Moore. They brought in Uzama. They brought in Conklin. And Braxton Berrios is still sneakily sitting down there. And he was also got Brees Hall. My God. Oh, yeah. And Brees Hall and Michael Carter. So there are a lot of mouths to feed there. And most importantly, he's got a nine and seven eighths of an inch hand size. Uh, that's 82nd percentile. Uh,. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not huge on him just because I think there's like like you said, there's a lot of mouths to feed on this team. The Jets are a team of full uncertainty. No one really knows where they're going to go. No one really knows how they're going to throw to. Wilson could totally take that second step. We know he's a motherfucker, literally. Uh, he's got that dog in him. But <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. Uh, Wilson, I, I he had a great college season, um, great college career, coming from Ohio State. I, I think he's got good pedigree to him. But it could he could easily flame out and just be another question mark. I'm I'm not sold. And the draft capital that was spent. I mean, they spent a early to mid round, first round pick to get him, and that usually translates into immediate usage. The Jets had a great draft. Uh, they took, they really did. They took they took they took Sauce Gardner. I think with it, with their first overall pick or their second pick, whatever they had. Um, yep. They knocked they knocked this draft out of the park. Um, yeah, but I mean, I 
I am a little bit more bullish on Wilson. I'm, I, I'm with you guys, though. Like this, it's I, we, we can all agree that we think the Jets are going to be better this year just with all the weapons they've added. I don't think Corey Davis is going to be much of a factor. I think he's actually more there just to be a presence in the locker room for Elijah Moore and, and Wilson to just kind of, you know, be more of a mentor. Uh, I don't really – I'm not going to count Barrios. I think the wide receiver we have to worry about is Elijah Moore, which – he did really well in the back half of the season until he got hurt last year. Um, I think Wilson could take that step forward. Um, I don't think he'll be, be elite, but I think he's gonna like. I, I think he could easy be in a like a top sixteen if he with all the tools that he had until now. And I mean, if I, I just I just think the Jets have a much better. And again, I I'm, I'm right with you, Murphy. Like Wilson doesn't excite me. He's just he seems like. Fine. He's, he's young. Just, I mean, I, I will say that he's very young, so he could take that next step and just be a beast. He didn't. He didn't wow me last year. Mm-hmm. But the team around him was also trash. So I don't know how much of it is is him having no supporting cast versus him just being meh. Well, oddly enough, like if you even look at Elijah Moore's numbers, the, the weeks that he really popped on were the weeks that Mike White was under center and the other backup quarterback they had that had to play was under center. Uh, it really wasn't Zach Wilson who clicked with Elijah Moore. So this could be Zach Wilson's guy. Who knows? And the same but, last mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see what happens. It writes itself, doesn't it? Wilson to Wilson. Wilson to Wilson. Wilson squared. Wilson! <laughs> All right, so that pretty much covers those guys. Uh, we've got some other outliers that we'll touch on. I think we all have at least one other wide receiver that we're just kind of intrigued on. Anybody want to start first? I'll go first. Uh, oddly enough, the list that we went down, that was the order I had those guys in. And my fifth guy on the list was George Pickens for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He came in at six foot three, 195 pounds, and ran a four four seven forty. Um, he was coming off of an injury last year at UGA, but still made some pivotal catches in that national championship game. Um, and the biggest reason why I'm high on him is Pittsburgh seems to hit on wide receivers, especially if they draft them in the first three rounds. I mean, here's some of the names that they've had from the past. I mean, they had Mike Wallace. They took in the third Emmanuel Sanders. They took in the third Antonio Brown. They took in the sixth. Martavis Bryant, they took in the fourth. Marcus Wheaton, they took in the third. Juju in the second. Deontay Johnson in the third. And, I mean, they used a second-round pick to go get Pickens. So, it's it the question marks quarterback, of course. We all know that. Whether it's Kenny Pickett, Trubisky, it doesn't matter who's back there. Their question mark is quarterback. But, I mean, Big Ben made people relevant last year, and we all know that he was thrown with a noodle arm. Like, last year he looked bad so i'm curious to see what happens um where they took him means they believe in him and if they believe in him that means they're going to use him so it really depends on if he can draw more volume than claypool murphy who do you got uh mine it's a combination but something you guys didn't really have on your list was john mechie and one of the main reasons why Texans. There's there's so many opportunities. They're like we discussed earlier on a lot of these teams with the Falcons. I think they're going to be playing from behind, so they're going to have to air it out. I think I think Davis uh, General Mills, Davis Mills, whatever the fuck his name is. I think he's going to be serviceable. I think he's going to be able to stretch that field. I, 
And I, I think Mechie has that pedigree. If you look at some of the Alabama receivers that have come out, and, and I hate just referring just to Alabama, but their wide receivers that they've released out in the last couple of years is just ridiculous. Just to go through a list, they've got Henry Ruggs, obviously not in the NFL because, you know, he killed a man. Uh, Devonta Smith, Devonta Smith, stud in his first year. Jalen Waddell, pretty damn good in his first year. Jerry Judy, pretty damn good right off the bat. Calvin Ridley, pretty damn good right off the bat. Amari Cooper, pretty damn good right off the bat. Julio Jones, if you really want to go far but far enough back, fucking stud right off the bat. So he put up ridiculous numbers in college. He was very very good with short yardage. I think he averaged about nine yards a catch. And that opportunity is there. It's, it's not like he's competing with anybody. The only mouth to feed in, in Houston besides him is going to be Brandon Cooks. And I think they're going to have they're going to be trailing. They're going to have to throw that ball. Um, and just honorable mention, I, I think we all like him, um, Jamison Williams. If if he was healthy coming into this year, oh, by the way, all, I don't think we mentioned this. All of these rankings are just for this year only. Um, they're not for they're not for dynasty. Um, we didn't touch on that in the beginning. Uh, if if we did, I think we'd all probably put Jamison William, Williams uh, in that top four. Um, he would probably be he would probably be my number one. Uh, but I, even so, with him coming back com, coming back from the knee injury, I still think he's going to have a great season this year. It's just going to be later down the stretch. But those those are my two guys. Uh, really, like I said, mostly because of that Bama wide receiver room. If you look at the who's who's coming out in early draft capital, they hit more often than not. Yeah, my guy is um, Sky Moore. Uh, I really like receivers in very good offenses, um, and he's walking into a muddy wide receiver room. Uh, Birch will make the argument that it's going to be MBS. Murphy will make the argument that it's going to be Juju. I'm going to say it's. Yeah, I think it's not MBS. It's oh, I'm sorry. Well, I thought you said follow the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, um, I, I did say follow that one-year contract, Birch. Yeah, that's no, what you but Juju fits that Pat Mahomes rollout check down. That's when he thrived with Big Ben was getting open whenever plays broke down, and that's what Tyreek Hill thrived on. So I no, like, I think I think Juju uh, his best days are behind him. The past two years, his yards after catch have diminished every single year. I think Juju got the best he could. From Kansas City, um, and that's where he is. I'm not going to put any money in him. Um, and with MBS, I can get the same price for Sky Moore, who has a lot more upside. So uh, again, it's Kelsey, and then whoever the next guy is, I would, I will, I'd be willing to bet that it's going to be Sky Moore. I think that's more entertaining. And then my honorable mention is actually going to be Jalen Tolbert. Um, like I said, I like really good offenses. Uh, Amari Cooper is gone. Cedric Wilson is gone. And Michael Gallup is hurt. So that really leaves that wide receiver two position open. Um, so I think Jalen Tolbert can uh, sneak himself in there easily. Fair points. I mm-hmm. think that about covers us for today, guys. Uh, anybody, anything else to talk about? No. <laughs> uh, there were there were a couple of others we didn't touch on like Christian Watson and uh, John Dotson, but I mean they could make an impact. But like that Green Bay wide receiver room is as muddy as muddy can be, and Dotson is playing with Wentz is the second or the third option, and we all we all saw how that went in Indianapolis last year. Pittman was the only guy. Mm-hmm. Just for funsies, uh, not counting Brees Hall, who do you guys think has the best chance for uh, being a breakout RB this year? 
Rookie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cook? James Cook, if Singletary were to get hurt, or even if Singletary fumbles once or twice, James Cook could take over that running back room easily. Um, and that would that would put him as the primary running back in a very good offense. Who's the dude that got drafted by Seattle? Ken Walker. Uh, yeah. Kenneth Walker, yeah. No, 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 no. Ken Walker. Yeah, his Ken, Ken Walker. not Kenneth. It's specifically it's Ken. Ken. It is Ken. Uh, Chad okay. is Chad's Ken right Walker. Off. Um, I, I, I think he's got uh, a couple hurdles ahead of him, but I think it's Penny that's ahead of him, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's on the one-year deal, um, and if he gets hurt, which he frequently does, I, I think he could easily see some opportunities. Um, they might just hold him. It might just be like a holding piece, but they spent some pretty good draft capital on him, and that team is going to be bad. So I think we're going to find out if he's if he's the fit sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, I like Damian Pierce. Um, he's going into a bad offense. But yeah, a real uh, bad offense. But who's he really competing with? Rex Burkhead and a broken Marlon Mack. So I like Damian Pierce. Um, he's young and he has a very – I see the pathway for him to become an RB1. I, again, for Houston, but we'll see. I like General Mills, so I think he's going to be slightly better this year. Just side note, what what's your favorite General Mills cereal? Golden Grams. Man, you're really putting me on the spot here. Golden Grams? Oh, that's such a weird. I Golden know. Grams? I love. I'm gonna it. say what's the? I'm gonna say Raisin Bran with a, it's just it's the blandest cereal possible. All right, let's let's look up General Mills cereal. I mean, just for starters, <laughs> just for starters, I I think. Cheer- Gotta die if Golden Grams didn't even General Mills. Cheerios, Lucky Charms. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's, I'm, I'm Cinnamon Toast Crunch 100%. Raisin Bran is, in fact... Actually, no, Raisin Bran is Kellogg's. Uh, Golden Grams. What the fuck kind of answer is that, Birch? I love Golden Grams. You, know you, you would. <laughs> All right. Um, with that note, I'll close it on out. So, appreciate it, fellas. Embrace the sparkle. Sparkle.